0: Hello and welcome to Young Berliners. Every month we analyze different nations and how they oppressed and limited their people specifically within censorship of media and literature. The goal is to take a detailed and organized look into the extent that these governments overstepped and took advantage of their positions to distort its people's personal and world views. This week, we'll be taking a look into Germany post-World War II, and specifically the GDR. My name is Christian, and today we have Ivy, Emily, and Eric here with us to talk and help explain just how shady and invasive the censorship was. Sometimes the developments of society lead to a schism between groups of people once united by a strong sense of identity. This tends to happen on a broader global spectrum, but sometimes it may even occur in the intimacy of a once esteemed cosmopolitan area. It becomes tragic when people once unified by culture and language become ostracized from one another to a degree where they feel more like enemies and strangers than neighbors and friends. How could one city advocate two disparate perspectives of lifestyles through various forms of media? How could one city attempt to besmirch the reputation of half their citizens and another half chose to ignore their counterparts? We have Ivy here to explain how we got here.
1: After the Second World War, East and West Berlin became separated and East Berlin became part of the Soviet Union. The ideals that each section of Germany followed were based off of what country was controlling it. West Berlin had a lot of influence from the United States, France, and Great Britain, becoming democratic, while East Berlin, controlled by the Soviet Union, was communist. The division between East and West Germany got progressively worse after the Berlin Wall was built. Before the wall was built, people in East Germany would travel through Berlin to get away from the communist control in East Berlin. East Germany built the wall in order to stop people from leaving and to stop the spread of information from coming in. The Berlin Wall separated families and was an important factor in the constant struggle of power between East and West Berlin. East Berlin, governed by the GDR, was dedicated to making communism work. The GDR used censorship to stop any negative portrayals of communism from reaching the people of East Berlin. The GDR used self-censorship rules to censor film. They also used signal blockers to block radio signals from outside radio stations. No media outlet was allowed to portray communism in a negative way. This included different forms of the arts, like theater. However, the typical narrative of censorship within the GDR does not always match the reality. In numerous aspects, such as film, radio, TV, newspapers, and literature, East Berlin and Eastern Germany did undergo specific censorship topics and themes that would support the West. However, in the visual arts, the opposite occurred with a lack of censorship existing, and to replace the censorship emerged the issue of the West alienating the East. Christian will lead into our first example of the GDR's overreach specifically within film and cinema.
0: In Germany and most of the world, a primary form of media is the cinema. Films allowed for Germans to spend quality time together and keep themselves entertained. Families and other groups would make an event about going to the theater. This love for cinema was prevalent in Nazi Germany and still remained an integral cultural aspect, even thriving in the GDR. Now, within Nazi Germany... Existed obvious and strong censorships in place. The GDR wanted to separate themselves from that portion of the past The German Democratic Republic established a constitution with the freedom of press or freedom of media This meant that their people had a right to speak on and mass print whatever issues or topics They would like to include such as but not limited to anti-government topics Western ideals and alternative forms of thought however, this did not mirror the truth of the matter for the GDR as a young communist nation influenced and monitored by the Soviets they have a lot to prove not only are they on an international stage to see if communism can work in practice but they are theoretically building a nation from scratch after all the fall and destruction of national Nazi Germany in order to gain the people's trust They needed to offer freedom of ideas and other basic freedoms so they weren't viewed as oppressive and rejected by their people. So at this point, the GDR is openly denouncing all censorship. So this was all done strictly de facto and under the table. While trying to build up legitimacy as a nation and grow open, bans and direct censorship was not an option. This needed a softer approach. Regularly, The government created groups to monitor and regulate the different forms of media that was broadcasted to the masses. In the 1950s and 1970s, the GDR employed a group known as the Free Will, I'm not going to butcher it here, the FSK, or roughly translated, Voluntary Self-Regulated Body of the Film Industry. They started under this guise of protecting the youth from unregulated media and are meant to assign ratings to films, trailers, and other visual media. With the word voluntary, this would give the impression that the organization was volunteer based, but all positions were in fact appointed by the government. Only trusted high end officials were put in charge and clearly the GDR did not want the general public to know what or how the FSK was doing what they were doing. This was operated and controlled by the head organization of the movie industry, which is what it translates to but its acronym is the DEFA. The GDR took all of the massive industry of German movie production and house it all under one company, the Deutsche Film Aktieschaft. Again, I'm not going to butcher the name, but it stands for the DEFA. This includes film writing, editing, production, and everything that encompasses making a film. This company, the DEFA, creates the FSK as their regulatory organization. The FSK was meant to ensure this freedom of censorship, even though in turn they were the ones effectively censoring people. And if it was not approved by the FSK, the DEFA theaters did not show it. This theoretically negates the need for any laws or need of... For excessive direct censorship Since everyone is basically in on it This allowed for the organization To censor or remove numerous films And specifically numerous American And western films In attempt to solidify and separate Their ideals from that of the western world They refused to allow their citizens To be exposed to these Anti-communist ideals They officially banned 11 films Listed below That are including Spring Takes Its Time Trace of Stones, Just Don't Think I'll Cry, Born in 1945, The Rabbit is Me, Carla, The Lost Angel, When You Are Older, Adam, Mademoiselle Butterfly, Hands Up or I'll Shoot, Berlin Around the Corner. The GDR loved to use German's love for cinema to push their political agenda. These movies criticized the communist way of life or just simply promoted something the communists were against. This was not the only form of censorship the FSK and DEFA employed, though. The organizations often would edit and rewrite foreign and even domestic films to push communist ideals out to their people. They even went as far as having people stake out and report the happenings directly on set during production. Even in the West, there was film censorship, not to the degree of the GDR, but the Federal Republic certainly had some direct censorship. Mainly used in the West were alternative forms of subliminal actions like pulling funding. The West, however, would distract from all of this by pointing out how controlling and overreaching the GDR actually was. Often, the West would even hyperbolize how the GDR went about its censorship, so its people were so frenzied over that that they would not notice what they were doing. In the end, the censorship was still present even after the war. Both sides had their own way of going about it, but in the end, the GDR certainly was more under control than the West, contrary to the belief they had. The hypocrisy, I believe, is what led to the fall of the GDR, because in their desperate attempts to escape from fascism, they became the ones controlling and overreaching. And welcome back to Young Berliners. Next, we're going to have Emily here to discuss a little bit more into detail about the radio censorship in East Germany.
2: Departing from film and cinema, censorship became abundant in other avenues of media in East Germany, especially censorship of the radio. East German leaders were desperate to separate themselves from Nazi ideals and change the perception that people had about East Germany. Radio in Berlin, like other forms of media, was controlled by the government. The GDR used radio stations to broadcast their communist agenda. It was important for the people in East Germany to have a positive view of communism. Censorship was an essential component of the GDR's plan because if the people living in East Germany heard the negative things that the rest of the world was saying about East Germany, then they would be less likely to conform to communism. In the beginning, the GDR was using a form of self-censorship. They used self-censorship because the GDR did not want people To have, wait, okay, they used self-censorship because the GDR did not want to have people in East Germany think that they were trying to control them. The Nazi party used to use the radio to promote Nazi propaganda and the GDR was dedicated to distancing themselves from the Nazi era. Their main goal with censorship of the radio was to only allow pro-communist material and information to get out to the public. At this time, most of the news coming from West Germany was negative and could be detrimental to the GDR. West Germany was in constant competition with East Germany and would use their radio stations to depict East Germany as a dictatorship. Many other topics were censored by the German government. No media outlet, including radio stations, were allowed to report on ideas of capitalism or fascism in a positive way. The core values of these political groups were against what the GDR is trying to accomplish with East Germany and spreading these ideals to the people would negatively impact their goal to spread communism. As the GDR started to censor radio programs, they knew it would be difficult to prevent all of the radio signals from West Germany from being broadcasted in East Germany. First, the GDR targeted young people and asked them to use a form of self-censorship to control what they were listening to on the radio. The GDR encouraged young radio listeners to get rid of the transmitters that were able to receive signals from West Germany. If this was not an option, they asked that the young people move their transmitters away from a position that could not transmit West German radio. Uh, This campaign was formed to block any of NATO's signals from coming into the country and broadcasting negative views about communism. Later, the GDR used signal blocking techniques to completely block the radio signals coming from outside radio stations. Although the GDR did everything they could to stop people in East Germany from listening to outside radio broadcasts, they were not completely successful. There there were still many places in East Germany where people could listen to radio broadcasts from West Germany and other places. West Germany would purposefully send radio signals into East Germany in an effort to inform them about what was happening outside of their country. West Germany would also broadcast radio shows to East Germany that directly attacked communism in the GDR. There was a small portion of East Germany, near Dredsen, where the radio signals coming from West Germany could not reach. People in East Germany called this part of the country the Valley of the Clueless because the only information that they were receiving was from the East German public radios. The East German public radios were only allowed to broadcast information that was beneficial to the agenda of the GDR. The censorship of radio was detrimental to the lives of the younger generation in the GDR. Most of the older generations were using television to get the news, but the younger generations were using the radio to listen to music. The GDR was against modern Western pop music because it depicted a lifestyle that the GDR did not want to promote to its population. Most of the Western pop music that was being broadcasted on radio stations talked about wealth, drugs, and sexuality that directly went against what the GDR was trying to accomplish. Any songs or radio content that talked about sex or homosexuality was not allowed. This negatively impacted the younger generation because they were not getting a holistic view about what life could be. While this is what the GDR was trying to accomplish, the younger generation was able to get black market copies of music from West Germany.
0: And similarly to radio, TV also experienced a lot of different censorship and overreach from the East German government. Here we have Eric to tell us a little bit more. East Berlin
3: witnessed some limited forms of censorship during the duration of the Berlin Wall and divided Germany as witnessed now with both film and radio. Another prominent form of censorship existed within the field of television. With the invention of television developing in the late 1920s, the media form had not sprouted into much of a mainstream source of information during the early years of the wall around the 1950s. However, as time progressed and the technology became more readily available, the media form became far more relevant to the point that programs underwent close monitoring in the GDR. During this time, the political parties in the GDR had to ensure the shows and programs aired aligned with the beliefs of the party and the greater influence of the USSR. Through means such as adjusting content so that it conform to the party line, including thorough checking of strips and prior to the broadcast as a means to not allow any unwanted Western influences to reach the people of East Germany. These regulations underwent further enhancements by the Soviets due to the trade restrictions with the technolo- technologically advanced West. This embargo on trade benefited the goals of the GDR and Soviets because it enabled fewer people in the East to have access to TV stations altogether. TV and the technology accompanied by it appeared as a luxury that not all East Berliners and Germans had access to. The culmination of both script checking and lack of news forms of TV media meant that East Germany could have minimal access to broadcasted screen media from the West. The limited forms of shows that offered information were confined to one-sided commentaries on West German news reports, in order to undermine the truth of life in the opposing sector. This in combination with often inaccurate portrayals in conjunction with over-glorification of life in the East, led news shows in the East to receive low ratings, likely due to those living in the GDR comparing how their life wildly differed from the information that was being delivered on TV. In addition to inaccurate information delivered in the East, an overall dissent towards the media form arose in the 1970s, as the quality of entertainment shows in the East proved to be low as well. Seeing this as a competitive avenue between the East and West, the GDR doubled down on the quality of entertainment shows thus, providing the people with light content focusing on a number of long-running quiz music and shows for children in order to keep people's minds off the accuracy of news reporting. This, in turn, saw the ratings of these shows maintain higher scores throughout their runtime from the early 1970s until the eventual collapse of the USSR. However, in the final years of the Berlin Wall, these entertainment options could not save GDR television as a whole, which continued to see less and less people tuning into news shows such as a German name that I will mispronounce, watched by less than 10% of the population. With the fall of the wall and these forms of censorship shows disappeared and GDR television was integrated into channels provided by the West. Not only did censorship exist in modes of mass media, but it was also found manifesting in literature via papers and even theater. Censorship of literature in the GDR sought definition as limiting information about publications that endangered peace and the harmonious relationship that existed among the people which witnessed many forms of writing become banned or forbidden from existing within the borders of the GDR. With this censorship, however, writers still were encouraged to publish the work that conformed to party lines in order to lower the level of dissent over limited sources. This existed in contrast to active policies enacted in the GDR, which guaranteed the right of freedom of speech. With writers stuck at an unofficial crossroads between legality of their ability to write as they please and the strict totalitarian regime that encompassed their residence, this led to many choosing not to compose, write, or publish anything that could endanger them. Certain topics deemed as non-existent in the East included the reference to abuse of drugs, alcoholism, crime, and unemployment between, became outlawed. The slightest iota to hint at reference of any sort to the secret police and immigration to West Germany also became illegal. With authors having to tiptoe around important topics such as this, it became simple to comprehend why literature in East Germany and Berlin appeared mundane and coerced. Authors would engage in a practice of self-censorship of their work in order to adhere to these guidelines, which was the ultimate goal of censorship in the East. The East desired to get the people to think of what appears and feels appropriate for the news and media. This combination with those who tried to bend the rules while appearing to observe them led to a lacking sense of truth in the written world and created dissociation between the actual actuality of life in East Berlin and Eastern Germany, and what the GDR wanted the people to believe. Those who did not adhere to these conditions would often face different forms of punishment ranging from imprisonment to harassment from the secret police. The effectiveness of these practices and secret police led the East to becoming censored in a majority of media platforms.
1: An inherent aspect to any society's media comes from the news, and the most rudimentary branch of news existed as the paper platform that households would would receive from printing press companies. When the Berlin Wall appeared, East Berlin now had one primary press distributor beneath the jurisdiction of the USSR. The press distributor, known as Deutschland, became a household print name that civilians would read day to day. This newspaper would cover topics ranging from news and Soviet beliefs slash regulations fixated on communism. The newspaper did not tread away from the strict guidelines the Soviets imposed. The paper even dabbled in the introduction of ad placement, but due to the nature of the GDR as a communist society, ads would seem a bit inappropriate and not catch on like they did in other capitalistic and democratic societies such as the United States and West Berlin. The paper gravitated towards a solemn theme within the first few issues until they began to implement a, a selection of photography and headlines that would reinvigorate the print and become more palpable to a general audience. To this day, a majority of newspapers from the GDR have become accessible online to the public. However, in this case, the archived papers still only have their original German transcription, making it difficult for people unfamiliar with the language to analyze, like ourselves. However, a study conducted by Richard Conrad at Western Carolina College attempted to identify behavioral patterns in the papers between East and West Germany. He believed that a distinct pattern would become visible in what each paper discussed and how they presented their information. Western newspapers tended to fixate on topics that aligned with their own social systems and beliefs, while in contrast, the East would discuss the opposing social systems more often. Although this does not cement the exact sentiments expressed within the press from each side, it does make it apparent that the West tended to shun and would rather not pay attention to the East. The East, however, wanted their people to recognize the detriments and foibles embedded within the West as a way to distract from their innate problems of their own social system. This supports the previous assertions behind the myth of censorship East Berlin and East Germany experienced. The West minimized the coverage and exposure East Germany received in the press as a means to continue to push for a division beyond the Berlin Wall. An area of media that did not receive large amounts of censorship came in the form of the visual arts within East Germany and Berlin. In terms of censorship of art within East Berlin, few standards or regulations existed to infringe upon the integrity of artists and their creations. To clarify, art in this section pertains to the fine art media, such as paintings, drawings, and sculptures. The fine arts did not experience intense or severe censorship beneath the influence of the USSR. However, two larger factors play a role in how the Western world perceived art created within within East Germany during their oppression under the USSR. Numerous tangible works of East German art vanished or appeared to be lacking, which does not aid in painting a narrative of artists during this era. And the West tends to dismiss the art produced from East Germany because they tend to victimize the artists due to their circumstances under a totalitarian regime. The fine arts within discourse about the culture and creations of the GDR receive minimal conversation as opposed to the mediums of film or design. This neglect to address visual and fine arts within Eastern Germany also reinforces the notion that the West elected to ignore or not consider the art pouring from behind the East side of the Berlin Wall. Instead of censorship within art, ostracation and acceptance from the West becomes the main contributor towards how the world regards art stemming from East Berlin and the rest of the GDR. East Germans knew far more about West German art than vice versa. Western artists did not yearn to understand the art of East Germany or care to acknowledge the arts derived from beyond the wall. In an ironic twist, East German artists appeared more liberated in regards to art because they would incorporate aspects and techniques of Western art into their own work. East German artists would have access to knowledge of Western art and that the general public did not always receive through their institutions and books. These artists also possessed the ability to attend art events within the West. This freedom that East Berlin artists and East German artists possess betrays the typical assumption of an immense censorship involving creativity while under the influence of the USSR. This unfair and biased assumption derived from the Western telling of the fine arts in the Eastern Bloc as a way to promote democratic societies. The West intertwined the connection between social and political systems to art in such an intimate manner that it left no room or opportunities to interpret art in any other way. The majority of artists within the East understood and wanted a filter for their art because they did not intend for their whole works to incite dramatic themes of socialism and communism. To Eastern artists, their art existed in a field void of direct ties to their circumstances. They pined for the West to see beyond the establishment of the GDR so they could witness the art created there without any hesitation or reservations. For a long duration of time, Eastern German art did not manage to find itself displayed on a global stage within the art community. Time has enabled this to change and in 2009, the LACMA conjured up an art tour named Art of Two Germanys, which did display sample works and recreations from the East, so the world could finally see the art that poured from the Eastern Bloc and Eastern Germany, and the significance behind the works and brilliance of the artists. However, this constitutes as one of the few examples of art from East Germany and Berlin experiencing viewership and recognition. One of the most popularized, popularized works that originated from East Berlin and Eastern Germany existed as a conglomeration of artwork and graffiti on the actual Berlin Wall itself. This piece or amalgamation of pieces received the moniker East Side Gallery. The East Side Gallery still exists today and tourists from all over the world come to Berlin to see this rebellious piece of art. The existence of this portion of art from East Berlin and a lingering remnant of the Berlin Wall provides visibility for artists from the East portion of the city. After the liquidation of the wall and the USSR, Germans intended to rid of any inklings of Soviet occupation and wanted to move on from that era. This desire to eradicate evidence of what Eastern Eastern Berliners created again amplifies the major division between the two sides of Berlin and the rest of Germany. West Germans felt humiliated and disgraced by the presence of the wall, not even considering to acknowledge how the individuals behind the wall felt. Former German German Chancellor Willy Brandt became adamant and fervent regarding the removal of the wall and even emphasized that the two halves of Germany and Berlin lacked a sense of cohesive identity during a rally on November 10, 1989. He's quoted saying, Nothing in the other part of Germany will ever be the same again. Be seen by me as a historical monstrosity. As stated prior, this illuminates censorship not from the East but West. The West felt compelled to contain and control the outcome of divided Germany, including their art and memory of what they experienced. It becomes almost impossible to analyze the concept of art and censorship within East Berlin and East Germany because everything becomes dictated by the polarizing political systems that obfuscate the few prime examples of art coming from this region. The art becomes almost void and meaningless since it experienced infinitesimal diffusion during the Cold War era and still does not receive large-scale dissemination or discussion in a modern context of history. One of the most infuriating aspects of attempting to even broach the topic of art and censorship in East Berlin exists as the lack of recognition pertinent to the subject. It becomes bewildering to attempt to illustrate a narrative for art when the evidence falls short to portray an accurate retelling of Eastern German artists. This results in... Majority of gesticulation and reliance on secondary sources to to satiate the gaps present within the topic of creative censorship.
0: Wow. So guys, overall, media within the GDR and East Berlin underwent strict regulation of content to ensure the minimization of democratic and Western influences. However, in turn, the same can apply to the West. The West turned a blind eye to the East and did not discuss their media in a positive light. Instead, the West gave Eastern Berliners and East Germans the cold shoulder and chose to ignore any media they produced, assuming the totalitarian regime of the East tainted it. Both sides contributed towards their own schism, infringing upon the shared unity and identity Berliners and Germans once possessed. The wall acted as a physical barrier of fragmentation while lack of communication and empathy for each other evolved into an incoherable barrier, splintering the relationship between East and West Berliners. Now, of course, this lack of communication derived from the volatile political atmosphere encompassing both parts of Berlin, which would discourage such actions. The media and censorship applied in East Berlin only exasperated and amplified the tension between the city as a result of communist influence and becoming subjugated and subservient to the occupation of the USSR. Thank you for joining us today, and that is Young Berliners.